podcast where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I am your host, David Michael, and the whole crew is here today for pick three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's giggity, up, giggity. Guys? What up? Tony DeCero, Trip Turlington, and Mo Dingo. Yeah. Ow. Yep. Yeah, we're doing back in the day as pick three. This was suggested by our uh, ambassadors, ambassadors yeah. uh, as voted for by our ambassadors. So, uh, kind of an open ended uh, category. That could mean any number of things to any number of us. So I'm kind of excited to see where everybody took that. What does back in the day mean? Um, it was so a Wednesday. It <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even have to pull out your AK? No. Um, so I, I think I want to just get right into it because we've got uh, all the hosts are here and we all have three tracks to bring in. So uh, let's let's skip past all the, the housekeeping and the intro and the news and let's just get right into tunes. What do you guys say? I'm good with that. Ooh, God bless you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sorry. Tony goes first. Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, the ox. I'll fucking do it to it. When I was coming in here, um, I'm not going to, you know front like I prepared for this episode. <laughs> I truly shit the bed on this one. But um no, um so what I did is I um when when David had said back in the day to me, it just um I kept it along my my DJ career and most of my DJ career from back in the day was some type of hip hop R and B dance music. So that's kind of the path that I took um of my song choices all the way throughout, obviously, except for one that we're going to be doing in the bonus content. That's mm. something completely different. Okay. But my first one, um, my first one really reminds me of, um, you know, something a lot of people don't know about me when I was in high school, like uh, junior high. Well, yeah, seventh grade through high school, I was voted best dancer. That was my senior superlative. And I really like, really danced really good you know the the duo the trio the trio you know the boys to men the whole running man <laughs> mm -hmm. you know all that stuff but when i was uh, that song that always got everybody on the dance floor you know that one song that not only you want to say everybody but me the song that i felt that made me know that i was going to go out and dance and kill it and just get on the dance floor was this song and it was at a um a teen club um called the zoo which was downtown miamisburg i was 16 and this is the song that actually always pulled me to the dance floor in the teen club days. And it's called Ain't No Future in Your Frontin' by MC Breed. Oh, man. This is when you first started hearing that that gangster sound. Yeah, yeah. the G-Funk. Yeah, the G-Funk, yeah. Yeah, rest in peace, sir. But, yeah, this song always... It's just that it's that funk. Yes. Right. Yeah. I oh, mean, good choice. Thank you. I'm the E-double. So this is back in the day. So take us, take us there. Take us to the zoo. What do you, what do you um, see? What was it like? What did you experience in this? Hi, okay. Windbreakers, <laughs> skids, cavaricis. Was it Adidas or? Um, 
during that time, I was wearing indoor soccer shoes. Oh, the, that was a thing. The yeah, um, the, the gazelles. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the pegged pants. You yeah. know. Um, guess overalls with airbrushes <laughs> on the overalls. Yes. Rat tails. Yes. And if those those of you guys who don't know what rat tails are, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we'll just call it a minimal mullet. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had one. Yeah. yeah. I was in like um, kindergarten, but I had one. But it, I mean, it, it brings me to the time of me and my closest friends that would go to the club outside. Drinking a beer, you know, at that age, yeah, we cracked a couple beers and <laughs> chugged them across the street and went into the club and just, you know, it was just, a, it was a great time. And I used to love to dance a lot. DJ does not endorse the underage consumption of alcohol. <laughs> Sorry about that. So <laughs> Carry you, on. Yeah, you can, you can, you can take that off if you nope, want. Nope, that's fine. Um, we covered the bases now, so. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it takes me back to going to a, a club and seeing a dance floor of people actually dancing, dancing. creating a circle yeah. and dancing and, and not a bunch of people just standing around staring or, or you know what I mean? There was yeah. actually dancing going on right. and everybody was doing it. You know what I mean? Like 90% of the club was, was dancing and on the floor and having a blast and what, what just, year did this come out? Um, this, I, I don't know what year this song actually came out, but like, uh, let's look, let's look. I want to say, like say 91, 90? I, I want to say it was 90, 1990. Okay. Um, Man. Wow. Yeah. I feel like somebody else used this beat to Ice Cube Ice or something. Ice Cube, yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, I know where the samples come from, but I mean, I feel like somebody used, the, like, I think it was right. Ice Cube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1991. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, this was the song that actually pulled pulled me to the dance floor. When we would get there early and the club wasn't crowded yet and everybody's kind of standing around for a minute and then everybody gets on the floor and it's just packed, you know? So what, what did it... Like top rocking, or we what? had what, what no. It was more back like? then. It was more like your Bobby Brown Running Man with okay. your kid and play kick steps, and and you know I was a gymnast, so I obviously I did some yeah. like standing back tucks and back it. handsprings. I, I did, you know, I, I I was a break dancer for a little bit, so I knew how to do the windmill. Didn't do much of it at that time because I was more into you know the feet work and the and, and the MC Hammer and just like that style of dancing, gotcha. you know, the '90s style. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you would have your two guys across from from me and my guy. We would do our thing. They would come out and do their thing, and you know, like then we would all do it together. Yeah. You know, and it's just nice. fun. It was just everybody danced back then, and it just it was it was amazing time. It's cool because it's like a it's like a nonverbal communication mm -hmm. thing you had going on there. Yeah, then. and we all we all just had a blast. Everybody <laughs> got along, and it was just it was a good time, man. But yeah, that um, MC Breed. Ain't no future in your front and yo front. Yo front. Oh nice. yeah, very nice. Rest in peace, sir. Uh, Trip, you want to go next? I can. What you got for us, man? So for me, I, I, I when when somebody says back in the day, I've got a bunch of different places that my that my mind goes. But um, you know, and and the older that you get. I think a lot of people like really latch on to like those formative teen years, mm -hmm. especially like once you've gotten your license and all of that stuff. Right. So for me, at least back then, you know, there were the clubs, 
Um, some of them were team clubs that we were able to get into, but, um, you know, really where one of my hot spots growing up, uh, as a teenager was cruise ins. Uh, so like, you know, hundreds, we're talking literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars and they, not everybody has a souped up Mustang hatchback or whatever. Like were those the the 5.0s? Right. Those things were phenomenal. Yeah. The the notchbacks. Yeah. What about what year are we talking? Uh, mid nineties. Okay, so, yeah, so so it was before to, Fast and Furious, so you oh, might way before you that. might have been oh, able yeah. to skip the Civics and Cavaliers for a little bit there. <laughs> no, they were out there still. Yeah, the, yeah. the Cavaliers were out <laughs> yeah. there. I had one, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so a lot of the stuff that was going on. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, these we're talking literally like shopping center parking lots. I mean, right. there, there was nothing special to this. There were no just go hang out. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was no like DJ. There was no like. Um, there, there were no lights. There was no boom and sound system except for what was in people's cars. And that's what we did is we got in the car and we just drove around a parking lot, you know, trying to holler at girls and, you know, sure. just, you know, do whatever. From the passenger side. <laughs> <laughs> trying to holler at me. <laughs> don't, don't make me go get Mo's no pigeons. Right? <laughs> I don't want no pigeons. I actually played that a couple of days ago. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so anyway, um, one of my favorite movies of all time in that, in that time frame was above the rim. Um, you know, in a time where like, and I'm using air quotes here where hood movies were in thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you had boys in the hood, you had menace to society, you had all these things going on, but like above the rim, like was really cool because like, that was like one of the early ones where Tupac, like, you know, came in and like. Just stole the show. Stole the show, yeah. right? Um, but he didn't totally take over the soundtrack, which was interesting enough. Like he he's got a couple of tracks on there, but like, I mean, he didn't like totally take it over. Uh, the soundtrack itself is just full of hits, but this one really stuck out for me. I'm kicking it for real. We'll be real. I glide down the wicked ass south side so <laughs> the flow my label is death row you know caddy to the you know i don't know this so this is like i don't know that this guy actually like did anything after this but it's b rizel and the name of the track is called bloat away but the reason i picked this one out one because we used to bump this like i mean it's it's smooth and you know, we used to smoke a joint. I mean, and this just, is this is G Funk. Oh hell. yeah, yeah. Like you know, just and this was back when I smoked weed. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, and we would just be driving, you know, cruising around, and like you know, this was this was one of those like tracks that like not everybody was hip to, but it was like totally like smooth, like it's a Cali vibe. Yeah, exactly. But I grew a different appreciation for it later on. Hang on a second. Call you guys' attention to is 
not so much the lyricism or the people singing. Pay attention to the production. Not even the production quality at this point, because we're talking mid-90s. There was a lot of grit still in, in all of that. But just pay attention to the pattern and see if you notice anything. Here's one of my favorite parts. Here we go. I'm like shocked that I don't know this. So this is oh, yeah. like straight up my love shit like oh, this. Yeah. Okay. Always have. So here you go. Pay attention. Oh, uh, there's going to be a, another rap here coming up. Okay. Pay attention to the lyrics. And smoke it in a tub while I'm getting rubbed Cause a nigga like me got more hoes in the rug Now I ain't trying to diss nobody, assist nobody And I'm sure not the type that'll kiss anybody's ass I lay and say what I say All due respect to Timothy Vontae For making a track that's fat Now it's time to get paid So pass the check And let's get blowed away <laughs> Right? <laughs> so what I want to point out what I want to point out there is he threw a shout out out there all due respect uh, all due respect to Tim and Devante can you imagine a time where Timbaland was not the primary person like getting all of the credit for his exactly studio chops talking about. so Devon, so Tim uh, uh, Timbaland and Devante uh, early on in Tim's career he was doing a bunch of production work and he was working with this dude Devante who was like the hot shit in the 90s right so like Timbaland isn't even credited on this but if you listen to that beat structure if you listen to the shuffling you know in all of that that's Timbaland's Timberland. work like all day long nice like, man all day long and and like i said it wasn't even until much later in life when i was you know like on previous episodes i think we've talked about you know um or last it was actually uh the last ama where we were talking about um you know music that we aren't into anymore and mm. i said you know no i'm more cyclical so like sometimes i come back to this g-funk era stuff oh yeah and like all the b-side stuff from all the like soundtracks of the hood movies and stuff like that and this one is always one that makes it back into my rotation and you know just the nerd in me wants to like research the stuff you know all these years after, you yeah. know, I've discovered it, you know, as like a little, you know, thug kid running around. <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, that's a really interesting production technique. I wonder how they did that. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if people get like people, I'll say our age, but, you know, people, people younger than me, I guess, don't understand like that. That's feel good music to oh, us. Yeah, like there's something... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I like I imagine being in the sunshine in my Cadillac and like just driving down at two miles an hour down the boulevard and having and uh, no care in the world. You right. Know? And, and see, for me, it's interesting to hear you guys say that because I thought that that was just very limited to the to the West Coast mm. that G Funk. So right. So like as, as we've talked about it in previous shows, it's like. Like I come from a time where it was East Coast, West Coast, right? You know, right, right, and yeah. you 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 picked one side and you stayed there. So to hear you guys actually talk about these types of tracks, and especially Dave, who's very up mm. on the G Funk era, 
for well, him to we, know as much as he does is, is, is pretty cool. And we had the interesting uh, benefit of being here in Ohio, which isn't quite in the middle of East Coast and West Coast, but, you know, we're not that close to either one. It's the crossroads of America. Right. So it got, it took a little while for both sides to get to us. Yeah. But then once it did, like, you know, we had a plethora of stuff to choose from. And then you had our own pioneers like Bone Thugs and Harmony up in Cleveland. That worked with everybody. And worked with everybody. Right. Yep. I mean, we're Literally. talking Easy e Tupac, Biggie. I mean, they, they, they worked with everybody. So, mm. like, you know, so then we had our own, like, hometown heroes that were and plus like, we caught stuff from the south too that's right there. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so yeah. i mean it might take it you know Atlanta. yeah we would it would take us another year to get it from atlanta but it would right. get here you know right yep absolutely and we're even talking about a time when we didn't have internet and you know streaming oh, yeah. music that's, stuff that's so that's a good point too yeah. yep yeah, that, that, that's it's kind of cool to as i've you know been around you guys longer that's something i've always kind of noticed is that it's to me it's impressive that all those sounds came here yeah, great track trip. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm put that's going straight on my playlist. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mo, what you got, man? Uh, so for me, the uh, back in the day, I kind of go back to my high school slash uh, earlier years in the Air Force. I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a, I mean, Tony and I are like six months apart, so I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident a lot of the stuff that we're going to play here are going to cross over a little bit. But this. Uh, I'm again not knowing about the East Coast West Coast thing, like whether you guys were privy to this. I'm gonna assume yes, but uh, this one uh, is called Tonight by DJ Quick. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Quick is in the motherfucking house. <laughs> that, whole, that whole album, like, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, you know, a bunch of teenagers driving around in a car, hanging out in a parking oh, yeah. lot. You know, it's very same recollections like you're having a trip. You know, uh, Quick did one. Probably one of my favorite quick tracks uh, with Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, yeah. Let's get down. Let's get down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, like, so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, was was that on Higher Learning? Was it? it, it was, I think it was on his soundtrack. <laughs> was it? Are you seeing a theme here? Yeah. <laughs> I loved all the soundtracks. Yeah. I think it was on Higher Learning. Yeah, I don't remember which one. But yeah, like uh, quick all together. Yeah. Just so so much talent there. Like it, yeah. it was just so smooth with it and quick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like yeah, just articulate. Yeah. Just it, it has that feel good vibe too. And his lyrics, it's not you know, blunts bitches and forties. Right. You know, just talking about going out with his homeboys. You know, picking up chicks. Yep. You know. This is another one when I used to go to the teen club. Yeah. Not, the, not tonight, but um, um, what was it? Um, which one was? Which one was it? The DJ Quick. What was the real, the super popular one? It was. Um, the, I was in Japan at the time, so I oh, didn't know. Oh, it was. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was my name is D, my name is DJ Quick or yeah. DJ Quick is in the motherfucking house. house. Yeah. That's, that's the one yeah. that was. Yeah. 
Chevy Booze in the motherfucking house. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Love DJ Quick. He's got a great voice. Yeah. Very distinct. Absolutely. Very distinct. Let's shoot some craps. <laughs> I love it. Nice choice, man. I like the um, the feel good vibes that everybody's bringing in yeah, from back in right, the day. Right. It, yeah, and just like I said earlier, it's just talking about going out with his homeboys, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I I remember going back to the whole cruising thing. Like, I mean, I I remember there was like some there were places on the east side of Cincinnati that like you could go like it was literally like part like mall parking lots just full, full yeah. of cars. And I mean, it, like DJ Quicks or Mix a Lot. I mean, like I mean, just anything that had like a Jeez. good thumping beat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I mean. You with, heard all with your dad's uh, Kenwood House speakers in your trunk. Yeah, <laughs> too short. <laughs> too know? short had a lock on a lot of that. Oh yeah. man, you have oh. and Magic Mike. Man, uh, yeah, Magic Mike. And you know there was um, uh, a group of like uh, my. I'm pretty sure they were like Miami bassing uh, types, but like uh, you know how Magic Mike always had like the really amped up uh, low end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but then you had like. He still had a lot of scratching and a lot of, you know, the yeah. hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, but then there was like this whole other thing that kind of broke off from that, which was like Tech Master PEB and Digital 305 and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it was like the bass test, digital CDs. bass test, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, all that, like MC ADE, remember yeah, ADE? Yep, 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 yeah, yep. munchies for your bass. It would have the war- <laughs> it had the warnings on the uh, CD yeah. thing, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. yeah, this will damage this your speakers, yeah. Yeah. your stereo, yeah. so yeah, I mean, didn't like, care about your ears, they were just worried about your stereo. <laughs> But yeah, like that's like all that kind of stuff. Like you know, when I hear DJ Quick, I know that's a far cry. Like the, but the, I mean, that's exactly what happens with my brain. It just starts connecting all those dots. Yeah. So like I can remember the people like that you know we were cruising around with, and the the, the different like clicks, and you know the people's you know people's cars. I remember people's cars, like yeah, specific, specific cars, ones. like. You know, with all the customized stuff and the in the in the car stereos and all that stuff, man. Yeah, that was such a good day. When you're talking about Magic Mike, the one thing I remember about I don't remember who I mean just the the scratching was just so aggressive. Oh yeah. But yeah. on time. Right. And right. very distinctive sounding in that mm-hmm. Miami bass era. Yeah, agreed. You mentioned uh, a few times cruise ends. Um, a lot of people don't realize that back back in the day <laughs> before passionate dj existed um my my little Car pet club. project yeah. was motorsport connect right. and it was we did a bunch of cruise ins and stuff so it was it was sort of a spiritual successor to of sorts to to passionate dj it was nice. my my first foray into uh content creation internet and, content yeah, creation yeah. and building a community and stuff so yeah, we didn't make any money off of it or anything like that it was just you know for for fun but I still like going to a good cruise, and they have uh, you know cars and coffee now, which kind of mm-hmm. fills that role if you're willing to get up early. Right. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I mean, it's a good thing that you know things have changed so much over the years because I can remember a time where I mean, I don't know if it was explicitly illegal, but like we got we used to get ran around town. Like oh, yeah. the, the cops would we come did too. In, yeah, the cops would come into these parking lots, turn on the lights yep. and run everybody off and there were like four different spots. So like when they cleared out one, everybody ran to another one. 
then cruise there for an hour or so, and then here come the cops, and yeah, you know, and then people who were trying to skateboard too, like the, nope, that's that's illegal yeah. too. Like, yeah. what, what, what what can we do? Skateboarding <laughs> is not a crime. We, right, yeah, right. We ran into a bunch of that because you know I mentioned Fast and Furious. That really did affect the car yeah, scene significantly, yeah. and we were like hot off the, right. <laughs> the heels of Fast and Furious when we were doing all that stuff. Right. So Slow there was the always, curious. yeah, <laughs> so there was always burnouts and street racing yeah, right, and all that kind of right. stuff. So we would get run out of parking lots yeah. and stuff. Neon kit, big whale tail, oh, stock, yeah. stock exhaust. Right. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> stock exhaust. Like can of pissed off bumblebees. <laughs> Disgruntled coffee cans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my buddies call them uh, fart cannons. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've you got, got Dave? I want to make sure I give you the right side of the wreck it. Were we set up to do wax? Yes, we are. Sweet. Always. Of course, David being the patriarch of this group, he always has to bring <laughs> wax. <laughs> yes, my son. I would bring more, but I haven't sorted through it all yet. It's been like three years. <laughs> I said that shit. That stuff's been down there since you moved in here. <laughs> all right. I believe this is going to be side two, track three. Um, I, I took a little different approach. Uh, this is not really from my teenage years. I'm reaching back a little bit further into my childhood. Um, Track three, you said? Yeah. Reaching back into my childhood and, and remembering uh, what I heard on my father's record player kind of thing. Warmth. Yes. Oh. Flashlight. Yeah. well-loved record as you can hear yeah every time i hear this record i also it reminds me of um i see guys and girls dancing yeah yes. digital underground digital underground yeah yeah yep. i actually uh saw george george clinton in the, i guess the second iteration of par- parliament uh yeah. <clears throat> in the early 2000s no actually no it was like 99 because it was right before my second son was born I think that's maybe why he's a little bit more artistic, air quotes, than uh, the rest of the kids, because there was a lot of weed being smoked that night. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I hope I haven't brought Flashlight in before, because I feel like I've told the story I'm about to tell before. Yeah. But I also saw uh, George Clinton and at, Parliament uh, Funkadelic at, at Indy Motor Speedway. Indy Motor Speedway. Yeah. No, oh, no kid. But I don't remember if I told that because I played this track or not. I don't, it, I don't think this track's ever been on the show. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. You told the story because that blew my mind that you saw them at yeah. freaking in, at the brickyard. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, maybe not even ten years ago, five yeah. years ago, something wow. like that. Yes. This is copyright '77. This also has uh, Bop Gun on it. Yeah. Uh, One Nation. Funkintelecky, I believe is how that's pronounced. Placebo Syndrome is on here. It's it's that synth work, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and every time I hear stuff like this, like it it reminds me of Ice Cube. Yeah. Because he, uh, I or don't Snoop. know. Yeah. Because I don't know if like Ice Cube had like a relationship, like a, like a friendship with with Parliament or or whatever. But like so much of like some of like a particular oh, yeah. era of his music was all sampled from all of that stuff. And they even did like a version of a collab. Gun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the collab with uh, with with George Clinton. Yeah, I have sure. this uh, this clip when Dave Chappelle was at the Dev and the Dude show. Yeah, um, 
and he was he took over the mic and he came out and he started talking whatever and he said he said LA people love Ohio people because LA stole Ohio sound. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I, I have it on a on a video clip on my That's phone. Awesome. Dude. It's, it's, it was oh, pretty cool man. to hear that. Yeah, for that sure. Is cool. Yeah. Oh. Also accurate. Yep. <laughs> Very. Right. right? Stole. I don't know if I would use the word stole. Right. Uh, Procured. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was saying he was saying it in a Dave Chappelle way. Yeah. Right. You know. You know, one thing I really like about this this song in particular is so much of it is synth work. Almost all of it is synth work, but it's it's in an era before sequencing and MIDI and all that. It's right. just played. Right. It's like they've got what a mini moog or something that they're right. playing the bass line on and they're just playing that shit. Yep. And you only, you never see that anymore. People exactly. just playing synths. Right. You know. Yeah. Everybody plays something, quantizes it, and loops it. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And the cool thing about that is you hear that throughout the song because no one phrase is like the last one. Like right, that that right. bass line changes throughout the whole song. Right. You know, the the keys are the same, but the rhythm changes. You know? Yep. Tony D. What you got, homie? Next one. I'm taken back even further than my teen years. And um, before I started dancing, I was actually dancing on roller skates, boogie bouncing and things yeah. like that. And that was my favorite pastime as a, as, as a kid. Like even, even before that, I was just a really good roller skater and I would just zip around the rink, you know, before I learned how to dance. But when I really learned how to dance, this song is actually one that pulled me on to the rink, you know, because you have that time where you're warming up to everything. Oh, yeah. And this is the one that where I like when the song would come on, it would be the one that would really get me into like me and my crew there was four of us it was actually like a team that boogie bounced in unison <laughs> so you, you finished eating your soft pretzel <laughs> i didn't actually do soft pretzels <laughs> stepped away from the missile command machine it was um it was popcorn dipped in mustard or oh. ketchup oh it's phenomenal shut yeah. your mouth <laughs> that, um, that's genius mm-hmm. yeah try it sometime take your popcorn dip it in a little in mustard mustard that's uh, yeah. Sounds like a good zero calorie snack to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, not low carb though. Not low, but yeah, sounds amazing. It is. It is. Huh. Um, back then we didn't have many choices. It was flavor ice, a hot dog, or soft pretzel, and <laughs> yeah. a bag of, a bag of onions, or, or like one of those little <laughs> red vines. Little pizzas, but like yeah, the pizza. little frozen ones. Yeah, but yeah. those things were expensive. Yeah. Like they were like three bucks. Man. Yeah. Right, right. Like whereas a hot dog was like what seventy five cents. Seventy five cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in its skating <laughs> rink too. Yeah. Yeah. Stardust, right. Stardust yeah. roller rink for me. <laughs> um, but this this song actually got like me and my crew to uh, like uh, this drew us all to the floor together, kind of at the same time. Um, it's a group called Midnight Star, and this song is called Freakazoid. Oh yeah. And you can obviously see a pattern in the style of music that yeah. really got me into things because it's again, it's that funky, like 110 ish, 105 to 110 BPM that was just funk. I think this was the first cassette tape I ever bought. Really? Yeah. It was a picture of the, um, the same limousine on the dance yep. floor and they're all stepping out yep. of it. It's the know? same group that did no parking on the dance floor. Yeah, right. right. Mm-hmm. Don't. I love when Tony brings in the old like electro shit. Right? 
man, I haven't heard this in a hot minute. Yeah, and, and I mean, <clears throat> if you want to ask what I see, I can see me and my four guys and I, we, we always, so what we did is our colors were like aqua and red. So I would wear an aqua shirt and red sweats and the other guy would wear red shirt, aqua okay. sweats. Yeah. And we, we, we did that and there was four of us and we were like super in unison, did a lot of tricks on skates and you know, it was That's just awesome. Yeah, this is a song that brought us on, you know, because obviously in the beginning of the night, you don't play all your jams, you know, and this was a jam back then that everybody loved in the rink. And um, yeah, when this came in, you know, and it kind of led into obviously your um, like your Don't Stop the Rocks and your Planet Rocks and things like that. Those were later on in in the night of, of the skating rink, you know, those were those were like the the hits like the ones that everybody wanted yeah. to skate to and just sip around the rink but this is the one like the the funk dancing like it's just it just drew us in man great song love it i mean it, skating was such a a, a a big part of my like my my tweens mm-hmm. like at some point i i kind of like dropped out of it like around 15 maybe uh, shortly before I got my license yeah Yeah. and um but like I was on speed skating teams and yeah used to do the boogie bouncing and all that stuff like I mean it it, it was and and you know what what tore my soul apart was uh so I'm from some little podunk town you know in uh and uh here in Ohio uh in the in the middle of what you what used to be mostly rural, you know, whatever, um, a little town called Lebanon, and um, <laughs> the skating rink was actually attached to the bowling alley. It's the way the one in Be- well, the one in Beaver Creek wasn't attached, but it was all in the same lot, different right. buildings. Yeah, so same building, separated by a wall in the middle. And I mean, I can't tell you, you know, I mean, how much of the town the parents dropped the kids off at the skating rink and then went bowling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah, that was a genius idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, so a few years ago, somebody from my hometown like posted on Facebook. They tore it down and like showed like the time lapse like video of it being like <laughs> right in the I was, childhood. I was like, oh, no. yeah. the one in Beaver Creek turned into a dentist office, really? like a real, really? real big like uh, dentist facility. Gotcha. Yeah, but the bowling alley is still there. It still does really, uh, really well. Beaver View, right? Yeah, Beaver View. Yeah. The same guy, actually, the original guy that opened those, he uh, he owned both of those. The gotcha. whole family. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that was my favorite pastime, man. I lived in a roller skating rink. Yeah. Friday, Friday from 7 to 11, Saturday from 2 to 5, uh, Saturday from 5 to 7 was the private party, Saturday night, 7 to 11, Sunday 1 to 4, after 4 was bingo, and I would help set up the tables and chairs. Like, wow. my, like every weekend. Like, nice. Lived yeah. in it, dude. Lived it. A bunch of non-Ohioans just went, oh, they said Beaver View. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you got, Trip? <laughs> Uh, so this next one, not necessarily a dance floor filler, but, um, it was definitely played in the clubs, but it was also not like anything peak hour. So like, it was always something that was like, just kind of, you know, biding some time, but you want, but DJs were wanting to play something that got people's attention and like maybe got people kind of start bouncing around a little bit, you know, shoulder, sh- you know, shaking and stuff like that. Um, and 
the the interesting part about this is that uh, I'll, I'll just play it because I want to hear you guys' reaction. A timeless classic. <laughs> See, David's already doing it. <laughs> PM Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, it's PM Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I've become amused. I've become blind. I've become what I know not breathe. You seem illiterate to all my emotions. I stand corrected. How well you read. Speak the truth. You speak to me. You feel the love. You're like the only other person I know that likes PM Dawn, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I had a huge PM Dawn problem, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mike Donovan just posted about them the other day, our friend really? from the previous episode. Yeah, he's doing that. You know, everybody's doing that, like, 10 days of albums. Yeah, oh, from really? the night, yeah. Yeah, his was, like, number four. No kidding. The, Dawn. Yeah. the interesting thing about this song, if you listen to it, it doesn't rhyme. Not right. at all. Yeah, like, it, well, like, this was, like, a poem that he wrote. And then, like, just put it to music, like. But yeah, it, like, there's no, there's no rhyme scheme except for maybe the yeah, chorus. Yeah, you're right. I left reality early to the lack of love. Reason. That does make this track kind of stand on its own because right. you don't really hear that almost, I mean, hardly ever. Right. Like, but, how do you pull that off? Yeah. You know, especially... And still be catchy. Right, right. So, like, the chorus, obviously, but... But he yeah. could get away with that just the way he... You just listen to his voice. You know, right. he, you can tell he's not trying to sing. He's He's got something to say. Right. And, and you're listening to his story... It just happens to be played with music in the background. Yeah, right. right. You know? Yeah, it's almost spoken word poetry. Yeah. It kind of bl- blurs the line between that and rapping, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. Truth be told, I, you know, I was a pretty, as much as I tried to, like, you know, act and be hard, you know, I've always been, I've always had a very sensitive side to me and my nature. So like music like that helped balance out like all the gangster rap mm, and all sure. the stuff that I was into at that time, and uh, you know so like stuff like that really spoke to me. PM Don was the yin to your gangster yang. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something, or something. Like that. Quote that shit. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <Right. laughs> what do you got, Mo? All right, my next one. Again, you know, going back to my high school years and living in Japan, we kind of got music when we got it, you know, that would just come to the base. Mm. And that's how, like, I, I didn't understand the whole East Coast West thing because the music we got was the music we got. And this was probably my first early exposure to East Coast um, hip hop, but Gangstar. Oh, no. oh, man. Who's going to take the weight? Okay. The, this album, Step Into the Arena, they had some really oh, killer yeah. tracks yeah. on there. I mean, I mean, seriously, could could 
Gangstar put out anything that sucked. Like I don't, I, I don't think it was physically possible. Yeah, we were in premiere, man. Just right, putting right. it down. The the lyricism itself, you know, isn't like top ten ish, mm. but it's the delivery. delivery. Yeah, like it, it, it it's that it's that combined package. You've got that killer production plus the delivery. Like they just. They had the well, killer combination. Yeah. And the scratching in here is pretty fucking dope, right, too. Right, absolutely. Yeah. What, what was funny is I've got one of those sample records that has, like, one of those, like, yeah. tones on it. Yeah. And it used to drive my roommate nutty. <laughs> like, nutty. Because I've never been good at scratching. I can get a couple of like little things off but like but this I is the sound I'm going to learn to crab on <laughs> <laughs> he hated it he hated me during that time like he he threatened to take that record and break it so many times <laughs> he's like going to take that damn thing from you I like that you went with Gangstar because like I don't I don't know that this qualifies as like a deep cut, but you, it would have been really easy for you to reach out for like a Tupac or a Biggie right. or a, right. a Jay Z or something like that. Where we, we got DJ Quick, we've got yeah, this. Right. Like this right. is cool. It's like, like, like these are like periphery subsets of some of those bigger names. Yeah, you know. And I like I said because like we didn't have the American radio stations. Like I think that in turn make me discover music that other people weren't listening to. Yeah. So like I drop things like this and people are like oh I I've heard that song before but I don't remember much about it you know and so that's always kind of been my superpower when it comes to music because I I. I I know a lot of odd B-sides that people would have never discovered yeah. otherwise. Alright, this next one, uh, kind of in along the same vein as the last one with Flashlight, uh, something from my childhood that I remember being on my parents' record player. Uh, I have very distinct early memories, some of my earliest memories in music uh, involve this track and, and tracks like it. Uh, remember singing it along with my parents, you know, being preschool age, something like that. Um, also, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, this this record will probably skip. Okay. <laughs> At least, so we might have to help it at some point there. But. <laughs> White Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Good song. I love this song. Really? For a lot of the same reasons that I like Flashlight. It's all that weird synth work. Yeah. yeah. Weird, random, one-off synth work. Yep. Didn't somebody sample this? Like Monifa. Yeah, that's it. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, in the, in the 90s. <laughs> do you really want to touch it? Do you really want to mess with me tonight? And that was like the only thing that she was like, that she like got out. Can you help up there? This is the record I listened to as a kid, so it skips. That's just the way it is. Right, right. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, it, it, that's funny that, like, that's exactly where my mind went. Like, because yeah. I remember, I mean, that was in the club all over the place. Touch it, it by Moon. Yeah, yeah. If you want to ride, don't ride. 
ride the white horse. <laughs> so, you know, now looking back, you know, as a 35-year-old, I realized I was listening to this song that was blatantly about drug about use. About heroin, yeah. <laughs> right, but... Good memories for me. <laughs> Don't ride the white horse. White horse. I just, I remember hearing those sounds, those, those weird, like, those synth sounds that go up and down like that. And just those little blips right there. What the hell is that? You know what I mean? I just, I didn't, I'm like, those are cool sounds, but what? 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 That's yeah. not a guitar. That's not a, what, what is that? All right. And I, I, I feel like that had a big effect on me hearing sounds like this. I'm assuming on. they were European. Right. Well, yeah. And a lot of the music that I listened to. Yeah. I just remember the videos Two two white dudes wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Also available on cassette. Yeah. A what? Available on cassette. Uh, all songs were recorded and mixed at Laidback Studio in Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay, so, and, and the reason why I was asking about them being European because you know thinking about Kraftwerk and all them, you know, with those kind of like glitchy, surely, right? You know, making these sounds that are now iconic. Yeah. And they had no idea what they were doing. Sounds that didn't sound like instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you wanna be rich. None of the rest of this record sounds like this at all. Right. Not even close. Really? Yeah. There's also this weird moment, I think it's cut up, where they, they break into they break time. That's my second track. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. We only Ooh. had to help it along once, so. Yeah, not bad. That record is exactly as old as I am, so. Nice. I'll take it. What do you got, so. Mr. Tony DeCicero? <laughs> this one is, is, I went with the obvious on this, and the reason why I went with the obvious on this is because um, I went on spring break in 1997 and it was kind of the era when I was getting away from hip hop. Um, and I was getting, I was getting more introduced to the raves and I started spinning, you know, trance and stuff like that. But even when this song is played today, it's, it just, I mean, everybody just, again, it's a song that, Everybody knows, everybody comes together, everybody, it's just a, a, a great song, very, um, one of, and I'm not going to get in the, in the middle because I don't want to say I like one more than the other, but one of the greatest rappers of all time, in my opinion. Um, when we were going on spring break, my buddy had a friend that owned a CD connection <laughs> at the time, and the CD wasn't, it was supposed to be released four days. Well, it was released four days. We got it four days prior to the release. Let me just say that. And um, we were going to Panama City, and um, he had a silver Mitsubishi, I can't talk, a silver Mitsubishi Eclipse mm, The day-to-go-by commercial oh, the, car. The, the all-wheel drive? Yeah it, was, yeah, it was a convertible. 
I mean, it was it was amazing. He had a system in it. You know, he had the, the neon around the speakers. So when we were in Panama City, you know, and he had he was pretty much the only person in Panama City during spring break at that time that had that CD. Oh. Um, and that song to this day, like I, I instantly fell in love with it. And today it's like. Everybody still loves it. Everybody comes together, you know, and it's even on the documentary, you know, when they show this on the documentary and the whole neighborhood's going nuts. Before you play it, I mean, mm-hmm. can it, like, how awesome was that, though? Like, it, can you guys, like, still to this day think of any instances where early access to music from particular artists is still like that, that, like, exclusive thing, like, anymore because of the digital revolution like it mm-hmm. just feels like you know anybody can put anything out and and it, there just doesn't feel like there's that same anticipation well, as, as much as like, soon as it's in the world it's in the world right you can't right rarity doesn't exist right exactly mm-hmm. exactly whereas you know with with stuff like what what tony just said like you know this was when you're going on a spring break and mm-hmm. you were able to get a hold of a cd that wasn't supposed to be released for four days that's like with me and jason when when jason had At the, the record store had the record store yeah. and like we're getting stuff from from these you know uh record distributors that like you know we're <clears throat> and we're able to get this stuff and put it in our bags, play it for a week before it's supposed to even be released. And then when people are asking, Hey, where did you get that? What is that? Oh, come to the store. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff like that. Like, I mean, it, it, the rarity, the, um, not the rarity, but the, uh, what's the word? Exclusivity. Exclusivity. Yeah. 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 I remember for me, the one incident where that happened to me was, uh, with the body count, a cop killer album. Mm -hmm. Like I had gone down, down, downtown Tokyo to tower records and I didn't know anything about it. I just happened to see it. I was like, Oh, I see he's got a new album. And I didn't realize that it was rock. Mm -hmm. Right. And I got home from an hour long train ride and I put it on. I'm like, Whoa, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And I started listening. I was like, Whoa, what the fuck is this? (laughs) You know? And I started playing it for my friends is like right around football season, you know, so everybody, you know, needs something to get hyped to in the locker room. And everybody was like, just going ape shit before we went on the field and nobody knew what it was. Yeah. How amazing is that that he now plays a cop right? yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a popular TV show? I know. Yeah. I was trying to work it into a joke, but I couldn't, I couldn't run it together fast enough. He actually enough. played a cop on New Jack City, too. Yes, he yeah, did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. So what do you got? Um, so anyway, yeah, this this song, um, and we played this nonstop when we were in Panama City driving the strip, you know, and, oh, yeah. and the convertible Mitsubishi, but um, it's um, hypnotized by Notorious. Mm. Oh, snap. This is one of those you don't you don't steer past this on the dial. Right, right. I'm listening to that. There's like there's a one of those like videos that kind of goes around Facebook every so often. Kind of goes viral. Um, I think Team Backpack most recently put it up there where like uh, there were some people who I don't know if they were like researchers or just, you know, hip hop enthusiasts or something, but they like started breaking down the science of lyricism mm, yeah. and rapping over the course of like, I think it was Vox. Was that? who? Yeah. I yeah. It so. was Vox. 
And, um, and so it's really interesting how, like, you know, they 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 analyzed how, like, things kind of evolve from, like, you know, the, the simple broken beats and the simple, you know, beat structures and rhyme structures and, and simple cadences even. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, as things like, like when Rakim comes along and all of that, but, like, Biggie changed more than what anybody will ever realize. Like... Like hands down, like yes, he's it, there was the Biggie and Tupac like feud or whatever. But yeah. like when you break it down to simple, like who was the more talented technical lyricist? It was Biggie, it's Biggie. Yeah. Like, all day. Yeah. Like just and 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 the craziest part is like by almost all measures or by almost all accounts. He he notoriously uh, yeah. see what I did there <laughs> did not write things down like yeah. it was all off the dome yeah yeah he was known for just being able to go in and just like so whether he wrote it down at some point and just memorized his own stuff or it, 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 that's just the way his brain worked that he was able to like put that kind of like complex rhyme patterns and and subject matter and just put everything together like that like just. Amazing. Yeah. You ever seen that video where he's like 14 year old Biggie just frying yep. some dude on a street on, on corner? A street. Yep. Yeah. yeah. In the Bronx or yeah. 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 Brooklyn. Yeah, but I just, I mean, this just takes me back to cruising that strip in Panama City, man. Yeah, and, and, man. and nobody having this but us. And we were just driving down the strip like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. And, and even now to this day, like, you go to a club and they put this song on and everybody's just oh yeah everybody's in it you know just the documentary when they were you know when they were when his uh his caravan yeah his caravan his funeral procession yeah thank you was going through the hood and they threw this song on and the whole neighborhood just like yeah like i just got chills like thinking about it like i mean because i mean the 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 power of you know this man's music career you know, it embodied everything from, you know, the struggles of people in in strife like that. But then, like, you know, and he was so complicated. Like, he was extremely intelligent, but, like, you know, some some people break bad, like, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was, like, this constant, like, trying to balance and try, just trying to hustle and find his way. And, you know, under the proper guidance, I mean, he, he got it. But then, like, you know, it, it just... You know, to have something like that taken from, you know, American music and the world, like just that early, just don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Tupac fan, too. But like when everybody else was playing Tupac, I was always the one playing Biggie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, people don't realize how short lived Biggie's career was. Right. Like he he doesn't have this big prolific body body of work work, like like Tupac does. Right. And with all these, you know, posthumous releases for years and years afterwards, right. you know, he had like three or four albums or something. something and a couple like of those that. came out after the fact. I think, was it Ready to Die or, or one of them came out Ready to right die. after he died? Right at, Life After Death. Life, Life, after, Life after, death. after Death. Yeah. Ready like, to I think they were in the middle of doing that one. That's the album that this song was on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think they were in the middle of doing that when he or he was shortly after that was released was when he died. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was it, after this was released, he died. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this was released like March at ninety seven, like right around the first week of March, because that's when we went on spring break. Yeah. What do you got for us, Mister Turlington? So once again, I'm gonna go back to um, uh, my my high school <clears throat> era as well. Um, when I first started uh, r- getting into uh, 
rap and hip hop and all that stuff. I think I've told this story before where my best friend uh, sends me a, a an audio tape in the mail, you know, in a in a oh. envelope and it's Easy E's uh, Easy Does It album or, or maybe it was NWA straight out of Compton on the B side or something like he had put, you know, a few songs of each yeah. on there and um you know, it's like 88, 89, something like that. And I'm like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> like, you know, so then like, you know, my stepdad and my mom are like, uh, we're going to have to sit down and have a talk about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk but, about what easy does. Right. Uh, so <laughs> thought master of puppets was going to be a tough conversation. This one's <laughs> even worse. So anyway, um, as I got into hip hop and, and, and rap more and started finding more of it uh one of my favorites from the east coast um ended up being naughty by nature oh we were tony we were just talking about naughty by nature yeah, yeah Tony right. boy records yeah man. they're coming you know that right no to jd legends Shut this up. summer tone Loke, naughty by nature and somebody else noise mm-hmm. i will be there um because honestly like I've said it before on social media and like everybody ignores me when I say it, but like I, me personally, I think KG is one of the most underrated hip hop producers ever. Um, you know, if you, I mean, and you can listen to anything out of their entire body of work and just the precision that he puts into this stuff. Like I, I, it, it, their music from even just the production standpoint is something I've always like appreciated. Also, just I don't know what track you're getting ready to play, but just listen to the flow. Right. Like just like with Biggie, you know, in a much different way, but that right. there's a very distinct delivery style here that you don't hear anymore. Right. So, the one that I picked though is um Everything's gonna be all right. Oh, nice! And the reason I picked that one is because you know I've I, I I don't come from the same circumstances as Tretch or or Naughty by Nature. Like I mean, our our life experiences have been completely different. You know, but I know what it's like to come from nothing and to, and to, and to have nothing and to be in positions where you have nothing and to try to be try to hold on to something that, you know, keeps you pushing forward through that. So while I can't relate to everything that he says in this song, but it's, there's a lot that I did and, and, and still can like remember back to and relate to. And this is one of those songs that like helps you get through shit, even though there's the only happy thing about it is the hook. Right. (laughs) Right. I bought this at a Goodwill, this, uh, the full CD. Really? Of this, yeah. And I mean, listen to it on repeat, man. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It really is. And what was great about Naughty by Nature for me was that they weren't just like their debut album was the fire and that's the best as they ever did. Like, I'd say their next three to four albums after that at least had a handful of hits on each one. But, yeah, so to your point, like just listening to Trench's flow is just. Eminem states actually in a documentary that's his that's his uh, idol. Really? That's where he got, huh? Eminem? Yeah, Eminem loves Trench. That's where. That's where he gets his style from. Yeah, cadence. Yeah. No, he's doing it a little bit different. 
here, but they they do that a lot of times where they do this. They just never stop. Right, right. And that and this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that and they just keep on going and going and going. Right. And man, I just I love that that rapid fire. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's exactly that. It's it's rapid fire. It's relentless, and it just keeps coming at you. And when you listen to him, he's clever. Like he puts all of these things together, and you're just like, wow. Like this one is a little bit more of a of a serious or you know heartfelt yeah. you know type of thing, but like so many of their tracks, they just put. I mean, it all just weaves together. Like it's, I've I've have I've always had the utmost respect and just a mad love for Naughty yeah. by Nature. If you take that flow and listen to it outside of the the OPP right that's in your head when you right. hear that, right. and you're like, wow, this is like this is unique. I yeah. forgot, yeah. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I walked alone, my state of mind was supposed to be home I couldn't keep a girl, they wanted kids because of chrome Some life, if you ain't wear gold, your style was old And you got more juice and dope for every bottle sold Hell no, I say there's gotta be a better way But hey, never gamble in a game that you can play I'm flown and flown and going and no one, no one and not now How will I do it? How will I make it? I won't, that's how Bam, mic so drop. Good. Gee, so good. I've got chills again. <laughs> Second time in the, in the same episode, guys. Like, Yeah, like, I mean... And, and I mean, like, and that the everybody's going to be all right sample. Like I said, I mean, it's just the dichotomy there, like that that, that contrast yeah. between the subject matter and every, all the things that he talks about versus like the happy kind of like. Of the hook, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just kind of like, man, this feels like, good, but I'm still depressed. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I answer that with a fuck you and a bow wow. <laughs> Mighty Mo. All right. For my last one. Uh. This uh, was my first introduction to electronic music. Um, oh, remember it clearly. Kidding. And I've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when the, I think it was the first time I came on and I mentioned that this track was like my introduction to a whole new world of music. James Brown is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, see, like you said, talking about getting goosebumps. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now because I remember the first time I heard this, and I was like, "What is this shit? And why does it make me want to like make a fist and like run and scream? You know, why is my heart beating so fast? Yeah, what's all this smoke coming out of the walls? That's cold. What the? What is all this stuff? Suddenly, fledgling ravers were like, "Oh, that's why they have mosh pits." Yeah, I get it now. Yeah, I just remember hearing this and I was like, what in the hell is this and why do I want to like hug everybody and punch everybody at the same time? (laughs) God, all those Hoovers, man, all the Hoovers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So for anybody who doesn't know that that, that, the synth sound that you're hearing right now, that's called a Hoover. The glidey one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was a very popular sound for quite a long time, probably a little too long, but yeah. <laughs> you so can still get away with it nowadays. You just got to process a little bit more because they, they you can hear like that, uh, like that tonal kind of not a harmony, but like you can hear like a little detuning, but like yeah. there's, but they've still play break well it down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You can throw some 
throw some processing on that and still get away with it yeah. these days. So if you don't know this, this track's called James Brown is Dead. It's by LA Style. I I don't know. It just the the way I described it when I was trying to explain to like someone else who when I, when I heard it was like it sounds like I was being like pushed by the music. It's like you playing know? Sonic the Hedgehog on mushrooms. <laughs> 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 like to this point, I'd never heard music in a club that like really like I felt physically like pushed by the music. I don't know if that's a way to just, I mean, that's how I can best describe it, but physically pushed as in like forced to move. Yeah. Like dance. Yeah. It's like just yeah, wanting to, to, to not stand still when this shit came on again. Now looking back on, I was like, Jesus, I used to listen to shit that was this fast. <laughs> it is pretty hyperactive to look back on. Yeah. What uh, about you? Yeah. Number three. Here's my final track. We can send out with this one. And then for those of you who want to stick around for After Party, we'll, we all brought in uh, an Extra tracks. Um, this one is by a group that I have, group or artist, whatever, that I've never heard of uh, outside of this track called, it's labeled Yellow Blackbird. Now, I, I had this track digitally and it was titled Yellow Blackboard, so I don't know which one is right. Mm. This is a test pressing. Nice. One of 20. I uh, bought this one brand new after I used to play the shit out of this in the mid 2000s. Uh, the track's called Superfly, and it, it became kind of this local mini phenomenon for my circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was first starting to DJ, and started getting my first like couple of people that would come out and see me play or whatever. I would play this song, and our friend Tommy, who I used to uh, tag with in my earliest sets, he and I would would both play this song. Eventually, John Chapel started playing this song, mm. and it just started getting passed around town. Sure. But when Tommy and I would play it, there's two versions on this record. We would play the digital one. I didn't have the record back then, but there's two versions: the original and the Andy Moore mix. And they're very similar, but the Andy Moore mix is like chopped up vocals and the original is like singing out a verse. Okay. And so we would tag and we would each pick a version of the song and we would go back and forth and chop the vocals <laughs> nice. up and have fun with it and stuff. And so that's why this track really kind of means something to me. Um, I believe it's the blank side here. This is the Andy Moore mix of Superfly by Yellow Blackbird or Yellow Blackboard, one or the other. It says Blackboard on the inside here. Mm -hmm. So, um, not a very popular track. It it hit hard for a minute in kind of the progressive trance scene in the mid two thousands and then disappeared. Uh, I just love this track. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad one of us brought this is uh, something like this in yeah because like it, when we talk about like back in the day like you know this type of stuff like i mean it, like you and i had talked about i mean this is the stuff that like i cut my teeth on and you know in terms of like it's not what i learned to dj initially but it's where i got popular and that's where like i started you know gaining a lot of listeners and yeah you know popularity and all that stuff so it was just like one of those things where it's like you know it, this kind of stuff holds a holds a special place for me mm -hmm. have you guys ever had a song where you 
you would play it out and it became like this thing that people would request from yes. you, even non-DJs or yes. people who weren't into the scene. And yep. they would say, play Superfly. That was, this was it nice. for me. So Very like cool. my friends that I brought to the club who didn't know about trance and techno and stuff, they right. would play Superfly. And so it, it became this big monster for me. Wait till this bass line comes in real quick. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's the good stuff right there. vocal so this part that's coming in right after this phrase you'll hear some more of the chop vocals i'll let it play here for a second so that little vocal line kind of repeats but that's yeah. just like a chopped up piece of the verse from the original right and so i would be playing like Superfly, you won't take me higher. Nice, Superfly, yeah. you just hold me down. And he'd be playing this version, and we would right. chop it back and forth and have, you know, make a little mashup on the fly with it. That's really awesome. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Uh, DJ Mia, like circa 2000, 2001, maybe 2002 ish, because she was like, you know, she came up in that whole rave thing, and then like, moved out to LA or maybe or started getting big in LA and then tried to make that like crossover into yeah. pop music and um, yeah so like a lot of her vocals were like kind of you know it, it, this she was doing the progressive breaks and trance thing yeah. and by adding like that kind of vocal to it that's like that's really nice I'm really liking it thanks so I, I want to send out to this track, but real quick, if, if I can, I want to send out the way that I originally heard it. Sure. Um, the first time I heard the song was in a Paul Van Dyke set. So it was not played at 126 BPM because he was not playing at that tempo back. He was playing at like 140 something or whatever. Right, right. So the first time I, I heard this song, 
if you don't mind here during the breakdown, pitch it up to about plus six, and you'll hear about six. about how I heard it the first time, and then we'll send out with that. And for those of you who want to stick around for a couple more tracks, please join us for the bonus show. It's called After Party. It is exclusively exclusively for Patreon subscribers. You can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. Check us out. And until next time, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Peace. Started off with the Kenwood house speakers <laughs> in the trunk, but then, you know, eventually you move up to two 12-inch crunches, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> With a pyramid amp that yeah. it, you think oh. it's going to set the, the car on uh, fire, right? Yeah, yeah it you, will. Yeah, right. And then you move up to California. There you with, go. But the total harmonic distortion on that was pretty pretty nasty. So then you get up to... You finally save up enough money for a PPI, right? Like, <laughs> that all makes way too much sense to me. Right. There's a whole... I just lost a whole lot of the audience yeah, right yeah. now. But, uh, Let's not even talk about resistors. Right. What you got to understand is all car stereos used to suck ass. So it was up to us to figure that shit out. That's yeah. right. That's right. Like there was no such thing as a premium sound system. Yeah. Like, you, you had know, to build them. Yeah. Yep. You literally had to build that the, shit. They were like Franken systems. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah.